1: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Nick Dinsmore, a.k.a. Eugene, is making his Talk is Jericho debut. I met up with Nick Dinsmore in South Dakota last year. He runs his own school and wrestling promotion in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, called Midwest All Pro Wrestling. You'll hear all about how that got started. We mostly talk about how he got involved in wrestling. He got signed to OVW with Danny Davis and Jim Cornette, my uh, old buddy. (laughs) Nick was there when Randy Orton, John Cena... Dave Batista, even Brock Lesnar first started. He talks about working with them in their early days and what they were like. He also has some stories about Jimmy Cornette, who was writing and producing OVW TV at the time. Nick was at OVW for years before he finally got called up to WWE after pitching Vince McMahon the Eugene character. Nick's telling the story of how that happened and what originally inspired the idea of the character of Eugene. He's also talking about his run at WWE where he traveled with William Regal. He was the GM of Raw, even. He pinned Vince McMahon, had a great WrestleMania moment at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. You'll hear all those stories and what ultimately ended Eugene's run at the WWE. Nick also spent a couple years as a WWE coach before starting up his own school and promotion in Sioux Falls. So here we go. Nick Dinsmore and the story of Eugene starting now on Talk is Jericho. So one of the cool things about being back on the road is you get to... uh see different people when you come to different places, and this is the first time I've seen Nick Dinsmore in maybe 10 years, maybe?
2: I was, just, I was thinking earlier, I can't remember when, when the last time was, probably, I didn't see you when I was a coach, did I?
1: I don't think so. It's been a while. Yeah.
2: But we're in South Dakota, which is a very random place for
1: you to be, but um, it's amazing that you're here, and, and it's funny because when I walked into the venue, I saw a guy who said, yeah, Nick Dinsmore was my coach, so... You have a school here Training here Tell us kind of How you ended up In South Dakota And what, what's been going on
2: Yeah so uh, Wife and I moved here In 2015 She's from here And I always knew Like I wanted to start A pro wrestling company In a territory Much like Danny Davis Had in, in, in Louisville With OVW uh, So we moved here We started it up I've got 27 students Right now Wow um, But I've had Over the past Nearly five years I've, I've had a lot more That you know Have moved away Or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So is, is, it, is it kind of a That's a lot of Students
1: for being in such a remote area. Like you said, there's not a lot of people in uh, Sioux
2: Falls. Sioux Falls has 180,000 right. people in the city, 250,000 people in the metropolitan area. Was it 400,000 people in the state? Seven hundred thousand. I think they got more cows <laughs> yeah, than people. But I guess it's kind of like you, you're emulating where you spent so
1: much of your time was Louisville, which was mm-hmm. kind of a smaller area too. Mm-hmm. But people would come from all over the country to to be a part of the school. Is it kind of the same thing that you have going on here.
2: Well, the one advantage we have here is they didn't have any independent wrestling, or I mean, Vern ran here back in the day, but uh, they had no independent wrestling here at all. And so when I started up, I mean, we got a whole all the wrestling fans that would go to an independent wrestling show started coming to our shows. So we've mm-hmm. been really well received. So where are we kind of like geographically? What what other cities are near here? So uh, Fargo is about three and a half hours north. Oh, okay. Sioux City, Iowa, is about an hour south, and then farther south is Omaha. You so go, it's kind of a midwestern area. Definitely very
1: very close. So and you said you wanted to start your own company. Do you run shows as well?
2: Yeah yeah. You know, uh, in November will be five years um we've run monthly at, at least monthly those 5 years there were some months where we were picking up two and three shows and it kind of slows down in september when kids go back to school and picks back up in january and i'm, I'm starting to see the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of, of you know how the fans come is uh, what's the name of your company midwest all pro wrestling <laughs> all right brother who'd you ever beat is the shirt you're wearing <laughs> it's great so t-
1: so tell me so what did you learn kind of from danny davis in louisville that you kind of applied to to running your own place
2: Probably the first thing is thriftfulness. I, I, Budget wise, I, yes, yeah. I, I generally get the most out of advertising and the best I can for the, the least amount possible. But I've got a lot of students, and they'll go out and, and paper the town, and they sell tickets as well. Um, and I've just when I first started, I didn't have anybody, so I had to call guys in Omaha to come up. But as I progressively got more and more students, first show I had um, Mike Hayes from Louisville. Do you know what I'm talking about? The the he was in the army. I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know Michael Hayes. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Not, not PS, said. baby. No, not PS. Um, second show, Carlito and Shayna Baszler were on. Shayna Baszler's from here. Yeah.
1: Oh, she's from here. Yeah. Her, oh, okay. her,
2: her dad has like a front row seat every time. He comes <laughs> to all
1: the shows. Yeah. I know she's from South Dakota. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. It's so like
2: the second show, the first show, I got my first two students, mm-hmm. trained them for two months, and second show, they had their first match. And, and we did, like, a video thing. I, I lifted from the desire videos, and we made our own little video about these two following their dreams. From that, I got six students. So it's just progressively you know, got more, and now I don't have to use any outside talent. I've got enough guys on my own to, to build up your own stars yeah. and, and that, that sort yes. of thing. So
1: because you said five years so were you working with WWE up until you came out here?
2: Uh, I think I got, I got. I was a coach from 2012 or 13 to mid-2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when they went from FCW building to – the Performance Center. Yeah, I was a coach then. One of the first coaches there. Yeah. Well, so, so let's talk a little about that, because like, you were in Louisville
1: uh, in the WWE system for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're from, that area? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm so from Louisville. So how did you end up working in, in that territory in OVW?
2: Well, when I went to high school, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. At mm-hmm. the, the homecoming night, or not the night, it was like an afternoon thing at school, and they were just announcing this so and so, and oh, Nick Dinsmore, he wants to be a pro wrestling star. A girl that was a year younger than me comes up to me and says, well, my dad's got a wrestling school here. And that was Nightmare Danny Davis' daughter. Hmm. And so um, when I was 18, I went and watched it. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And then I got I got injured playing football, so I had to rehab that. But then I started when I was just 19. Um, just working in Louisville, training with Danny for about three years. I started in 96. I think in 98 is when the first guy, Rico, came to, to, to OVW. And at that time... None of us made any money, but they were starting to bring in the stars and whatnot. And then the end of 2019, I got offered the developmental deal. 99. 99. Let me ask
1: you this though: so, so you mentioned Rico came in. Was he already under a contract, like a WWE yeah. thing? Yeah. So they brought him in and sent him down to OVW prior to OVW being a,
2: a WWE territory. Well, I don't know the exact time that yeah, yeah, they yeah. announced it, but yeah, I think he came. I think he came in in '98. So you guys were already working down there
1: when WWE kind of made it its official.
2: Yeah, I I've been wrestling there for for three years, and Danny had had the school for I don't know probably seven or eight, um, and then Cornett wanted to move back to Louisville, and so he he got with Danny and said, hey, let's let's turn it into a developmental system here, mm-hmm. and I think they they had one somewhat in Puerto Rico at the time, and maybe in L.A. with Rick Bassman, and then it's so I, amazing to think of how how important the developmental territories are now with NXT,
1: you know, all around the world. And back then they didn't even have anything. Yeah, you know. Has to, So when when they first started coming in there, did, how did you guys hear about it? Did they start sending like, did did, did was it Cornet who took over the, the the territory?
2: Um, no, Danny still ran it, but then Cornette started coming in. And he started writing our TV. So all the guy, he he was then positioning the, the hometown guys, the stars to put them in place how he wanted them, and then he started to slowly bring in people. And uh, you know every it, every week somebody new would show up. And mm-hmm. in the first year it was. Batista, Cena, Randy Orton, Victoria, Brock. These you are know.
1: big time players that came through the the system.
2: And then there was probably another ten that that fizzled out. There was a guy that was like seven foot two, big Russ McCullough. Just I remember didn't him. working yeah.
1: out. Oh, uh, Water was it Water? Waterman? Waterman, yeah, he, he was good. Ron Waterman. Ron Waterman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those types of guys. But there was the the four kind of foundations that were there. Was you, Doug Basham, Doug. Danny Basham Danny and uh, Conway Rob Conway but Rob Conway, Damager was Danny yep, right yep. and so because, but I remember thinking because I was down there a few times and you guys were down there and they would never bring you up yeah. you, and you were just there uh, over and over and over again and you were all really good but as you know once you get to a certain level you're just going to stay at that level when you're working mm-hmm. with guys so what was, the, what was the why were you guys never brought up were you ever told what was the story of why you were down there for so long
2: it was weird because like like Conway and I are very similar. We, we were just happy to be there. Right. You know, we, we didn't think we would get signed, and, and so they were using us as as test dummies or to work with the uh, the developmental talent in the ring, and then they were featuring those guys and bringing them up. And I, I don't really know, but they, I could feel like Danny and Cornette probably pushed to get us jobs, and it was just kind of like okay, because it was it was it was much less than all the other guys were making, mm-hmm, you know. But and then they were scouting the talent that they want, and we were just going to be part of the training for them, I assume. And then after a while, I just kept, I was still around, I was still around, and then uh, I had a, a meeting with Vince one day about doing something, and I just blurted out, well, I got a character that uh, is kind of crazy, that doesn't know how to tie his shoes, but you know when he gets in the ring, he's like, idiot savant. All right, we'll start on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to that, right. uh, let's
1: talk more, more about having some of these guys down there. Like, were you working with Cena and Brock and Randy and Batista? Yeah, absolutely. So when they came in, tell us about like who was really good right off the bat who needed some polishing and, and um who did you think was going to be the star out of those guys
2: mm. randy was good off the bat and mm. i think he had just a little bit of training but of course he'd been around in his whole life right he was showing me stuff yeah well, all right cool <laughs> um and then brock was good but he was big and he was having just a transition to more pro wrestling style shelton was spot on from from minute he came there he was mm. one of the first ones too um, Victoria and Cena were, were, were both limited because they both came from LA, and uh, I, you know the, I think they only showed them rolls, bumps, some, some minor moves, you know, so they had a long way to progress. And then Batista, Batista, he, he kept getting injured down there. I, I'm not sure, but I think. They felt like his job might be in jeopardy because he kept being injured, but then hmm. just took off. He stuck him in the river. He was the yeah. Leviathan yeah. that came out of the Yeah, it was good. <laughs> the Tennessee that was river. the best thing.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> Cena was very, like, it, it took him a while to get over on the main roster until he started doing the, the rapper thing. So for right off, like, out of the gate, he, he wasn't earmarked to be the guy, mm-hmm. much the same way that, like, that maybe Randy was because of his lineage, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Cena told me before, like the first day he walked into OVW and he saw all the guys that were much bigger, and you know, he was muscular, but they were just a little bit bigger. He, he didn't think he was going to make it. He was I'm going to wash out of here, mm-hmm. you know, and then for a while he was he was rigid in the ring and finally when we got him to relax and start having fun, then he'd go, he'd go out there and play, but then I think when he went, went up to the main roster, he felt he had to be a certain thing, right. something, and then finally when he relaxed and just had fun, then it was two hmm. races. And you can see that,
0: right? Yeah. All right, we're talking about OVW
2: and uh, how the guys used to do big shows at Six Flags in Louisville all the time. We did a couple of shows at the Louisville Gardens before they shut it down, and then uh, they got to deal with Six Flags. It was like five or six shows over the summer, and if you got the season pass, you know, you, shows are included. Mm-hmm. So and that, that was a big thing, and Cornette would always try to get somebody to come down, so...
1: I worked Johnny Jeter there yeah. one time. Yeah. yeah, that's another guy who who kind of just didn't go anywhere. when We yeah. had the, the the steam. So what was it like working for Jimmy? Because Jimmy wrote all of that TV very meticulously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for him, mm-hmm. you know, and know kind of the pros and cons of cornet. Mm-hmm. How was it for you?
2: Uh, I enjoyed it, but but he was writing for me. I, I was the top guy all, all the time, mm-hmm. you know, hometown boy, and he 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 got me over in Louisville, you know, because people still think, you know. Well, they think I'm, you know, great shooter and state champion and all that stuff. And it was, it was lifted and parts of it were true, but cornet made me sound great, you know, and, and just got me over, worked with me up real well. Like, uh, I was still in college and my last college credit, the, the only class offered was on Wednesday night which was when TV was. So I said, you know, Jimmy, I, I can't make TV for a whole semester. God ah, damn, 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 damn. but Then he came out the next He goes, okay, it's perfect. This is what we're going to do. And he, and he was right there. I don't know. An injury angle or something. No, uh. I lost a match to Brian Christopher and the stipulation was if I lost I was managed by Kenny Bowen. So Kenny Bolin wasn't going to put me on TV because he was he didn't like me. I was I was you know, I was the babyface. Mm-hmm. So I would do videotapes, you know, like like backstage things or whatever at other times record and but I, I was not on TV for however long the semester was.
1: Did, did you ever witness any good Cronet
2: freakouts? Oh, oh, oh god yes. Um they would always put Rob, or myself, or Doug, or Danny bash him in the main event because uh, Danny taped TV like uh, taped it like it was live, and he didn't want to edit and didn't want to stop and whatnot. So one day, one time Cornette tried Cena against Randy in the main event, and counting down thirty seconds, twenty seconds, five, four. They went over like two minutes and seventeen seconds, right. something like that. And I remember. <laughs> Seen us coming back, then doing his tape. It was a good match. He's like, "Yeah, we did real good in quarter. Goddamn, two hundred seventeen or two minutes seventeen seconds." Get, gets his baseball bat and starts beating the windows in the building down from us. But it was an old building, hitting his car. God, Randy was smart enough that he just left when he came back. But uh, yeah, yeah. Every now and then, it came out.
1: I saw that a couple times with the baseball bat and smashing in people's windows on their car. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this guy we used to he used to work for. His name was Casey. And he was like a Jimmy's assistant and something went wrong and he just went and he bashed out the windows of Casey's (laughs) car as he's just standing there going, you know, you have to pay for that. I know I'm going to pay for it. You <laughs> <laughs> the whole time with santino too where uh were you there for that one no i,
2: I i'd been called up by that yeah then, but yeah yeah he, he, uh, he punched santino be... or well, something but I, or? I was listening to his podcast earlier and i didn't realize this part of it when when he got up to yell and he was gonna yell he said he shit his pants he said, he said <laughs> that's really what, what upset him <laughs> he was just over there he got so mad <laughs> how was it uh
1: so you mentioned rob rob conway he was another guy yeah. that uh when he finally came up he had a lot of, he, 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 I always thought he did really good yep. and was he one of your partners down there because it was it you and him versus Doug and Damage or was it you guys just all kind of all four working together Rob and
2: I were partners for a long time mm-hmm. and, then, and then finally we did the big turn angle but I think we had come back together when WWE came there but yeah it was, a, it was a lot of us against Doug and Danny and doing this whole thing and finally we have the match loser leaves town and we beat them and they're out and then when they brought Kevin Kelly back the next the next week, we're going to give these guys a developmental contracts. So now they're stationed here. Mm. They're right back in. So it
1: was good. Was there ever a time when when you felt like I know for a couple of guys that were been in NXT for a while, they're like, you know, we don't know what else we can do, and we're starting to lose our you know love for the business. Did you ever have that kind of frustration in Louisville from
2: not getting called up? No, because I think in the back of my mind, I, I assumed I wouldn't be called up anyway. Gotcha. I, I, I thought it was just an OVW guy, and I, I was just hoping to have, you know, a, a long time under contract. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I was seeing, though, know, as time went on, and, and I kept getting better, and kept getting better, getting in better shape. And then, you know, then when I finally totally relaxed and almost didn't care, that's when I just started doing funny stuff in class so everybody entertained everybody or at the shows, and it just kind of morphed into what, what Eugene became. Just, well, let's talk about that character. So you mentioned you had this idea.
1: Um, that you pitched events. So what was the original concept for Eugene? Well, so
2: Rip Rogers came to me. Mm. Nixon, I got an idea. You know, and he spelled out the whole thing. Uh, Rip's son has autism, so he's telling me like, you know, he, he could count in Korean and do all this stuff on the computer, but he couldn't be, he couldn't be very social when he was at school. So what about a character that can, you know, do every move, you know, spot on. But then when he goes to talk to somebody, okay, so I put in the back of my mind, a couple of months went by and they sent down the agents, Arn or Fit or Dean, I don't remember who it was. And I pitched that character to them. Nah, WWE ain't gonna do that. You know, that, that Mighty Igor, Pusky stuff. You know, okay, okay. Is that what Mighty Igor was? The yeah, yeah, he was a similar um, childlike mind. Gotcha. Next month, the uh, writers came down, pitched it to them. No, 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 we'd never do that. So I, I guess I did get frustrated at one point because then I told uh, Doug Basham, I think I'm gonna quit and try to go to Japan. But I had no, no, no. I wasn't going to do that. I I was was getting paid to live at home and be a star in in, in my own territory. Um, But I think Doug told, uh, maybe Dean, Dean told Johnny Ace. All of a sudden, next thing I'm sitting in a meeting with Vince, I want to get back to character-based wrestling. And I just spit out this character. And Stephanie was in the room. She's like, oh, yeah, they could do this and this. All of a sudden, Austin walks in. It was... uh, Saturday. It was in February. Saturday's main event. I think where where, where he came back. Yeah, yeah we're I don't trying to rekindle call. that. Yeah. Um. Austin walks in and Vince goes, "Have you ever seen him wrestle?" No, I don't think so. I said, "Well, Danny Davis trained me, and I knew that Danny and Austin had a connection from Dallas." So then he just looked at me, looked at Vince. Goes, oh, "He's probably one of the best." Then. All right. <laughs> that was your.
1: Just, just that's what they used to do: is send down writers every month to take your ideas
2: for for what you wanted to do. Or there was. Two or three times that the writers came down. Okay, and, and towards the end of my time there, uh, I think they were trying to send one down maybe more often. Gotcha. Um, and I think the thing was maybe not to pitch ideas, but just the writers to get eyeballs on on the guys they got down here because sure, I guess they could see them on video, but they never really talked to them and couldn't meet them. And
1: you know, so when you pitch this idea to Vince, he you said you're going to start on Monday. So how were you introduced as, as Eugene? And where did Eugene come from?
2: from? From Eugene in Pittsburgh. Tell us about him. Well, I, I I met him with WWE and he's a, a longtime fan, longtime nearly family member of the, of the WWE University would come to the shows. Uh, his father's name is Bucky, right? Yeah, man. Was, was Bucky a referee or just
1: a friend? I can't remember. I haven't thought of that guy for years. What a, what a, what a, yeah, he was always in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I don't know if he had autism or if he, if, if he, he had
2: Down syndrome, Down
1: syndrome, Eugene
2: had Down syndrome, right, right, yeah. right, right,
1: right. So he took the name as a homage to Eugene. Well, they
2: gave it to me. Oh, okay, I, you know, and I heard that that Vince contacted Bucky and said, "Hey, would you have a problem with that?" I don't know if that's that's true or not, but um, I doubt it. <laughs> M- Moolah made a man out of Eugene. Oh wow! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's I a rumor. heard that story. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like like the first time I met him, Dreamer was in the locker room. Hey, Eugene, what about Mula? And he goes, <laughs> Mula! <on."> and like, <laughs> and, and I, the rumor is that she felt sorry for him, so she, she, she made, made a man mind. out of him. Okay, so you're Eugene. Yep. And
1: uh, what's your debut on TV? And what, what direction are you given to play this character?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I don't think they thought I could really pull it off. Well, let, let me rewind. They, they brought me up to to do it at a live event first. And I wrestled Lance Cade. And I think I, if I would have wrestled almost anybody else, it, it wouldn't have gotten over as well. But Lance knew exactly how to work with, like, a, a gimmick. And did, he kept, was he down in OVW as well? I think that's when he was called up as Garrison Cade. Gotcha. Yeah, because this was on the road, but it was like a, a Saturday during the Final Four or something. So it was like one of those afternoon shows. Sure. That's kind of sparse out there. And uh, never, I, Eugene had never been on TV, and by the end of the match, they're chanting my name, Eugene. Really? So yeah. what did Lance do to get it over? Just uh, didn't, didn't beat me up, mm. you know, d- d- picked on me, they slapped me around, made fun of me, you know, just just a, a little bit different type heat that, that you would mm. get Eugene, other than viciously pounding him, you know, and then fire up, and I don't know, something, he ended up beating me, and then my name at the end. Walked back through the curtain, Hunter, Stephanie, fit. we're all standing ovation. Wow. And he said, uh, what, was, what was the word that he said? He said, you committed to the character 100%. Right. You know, like the guys that go out there and are like are, are unsure, and you can just tell in their face. Yeah. I just went in there and did it.
1: No inhibitions whatsoever. Yeah. So And so your idea for the character was that he was like like Rip's idea, like a, a savant. Yeah, like an idiot savant. Was that, you he, know, was he Gr- mentally handicapped? Was he just childlike? He was special. Gotcha. I, that's
2: all that was ever said. Right, right. 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 Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was just like uh, there was only one kids character, and it was Hurricane, and he was on SmackDown, so I knew that one brand didn't have a kids character, and that was kind of. Post-Austin, post-NWO, everybody wanted to be a cool, strong heel. I said, I want to do the complete opposite. I want to be a sympathetic, comedy babyface, mm-hmm. And it was like a, just a, a slot that wasn't filled at the time. Wow. It has never been filled, you know, as
1: far as the way you played that character. Because like I said, I haven't said this yet, but you were really great at playing that character. <laughs> because it's a, it's a lost art in wrestling of actually playing a character. When I'm Chris Jericho, it's just me turned up to 100, and mm-hmm. I'm good at it because it's me. But you're playing something that, that's completely opposite. You were you're, you're acting that part, you know, like Dustin Hoffman in The Rain Man yep. or whatever it was, so you really did
2: commit to it. I just started to think, like, when I was a kid, what did I think about wrestling? You know, if he got excited, you would even clap the hands. If he got scared, he might palms, get sweaty.
0: You know, just mm-hmm. how, how a kid would react and just kind of pulled off that. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
2: How did they debut you on TV? Regal came back, Uh and Bischoff was the general manager. Regal's in his office, and he goes, Oh, great, you know, I'm going to bring you back, but I need you to look after my nephew, Eugene. He's outside somewhere. Hey, hey, Eugene's a special little boy. Okay, okay, and Regal goes out and looking, looking. Then he finds me, and then he comes back, and he's like, I can't manage this guy. This guy's a window licker. I can't, you know, doing all this stuff. And then, then By then, I'd gone out to... To King and, and Jr. and I was I put the headset on and I was just talking and talking and Eugene ushered me out and that was how they introduced me. So right off the bat, I love I love that window liquor.
1: Like so, you could never say that <laughs> in 20. You could you could never do this character in 2020.
2: I don't think. Do you? I I don't know. WWE always seems like that. Whatever the character is, the, the, if they want to, they can pull it off and make it make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they took the mask off of Kane and made it make sense. You're right. Yeah. You know. Uh, this, what was this like? 2000... Two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was an underdog story of a of, of, of a boy finding his dreams, and you know, had the WrestleMania moment with Hogan. We'll talk about this in a second, but I, I love too, like the, the hair. Spiked up, mm-hmm. you kind of had the
1: crazy hair going on, and you wore the was it was the collegiate, no, it's just like a, almost like a Rivera jacket or something. What were you wearing to the ring? Uh,
2: somebody gave me just like one of those old 80s warm up jackets, yeah, yeah. And so I would wear that, and then uh, but i go, Oh, I'm gonna turn it inside out, you know, so, so inside out, so I put it inside out, but you really couldn't tell, it just looked like a white jacket. Mm-hmm. So Hunter had gone, Well, put your name on the back of it, so let me turn it inside out, then you can see it's backwards, yeah. I, I, I assume people got that it was a backwards jacket, or then a white one with my name backwards, but yeah, <laughs> and then I just had to, I didn't have any gear to wear so i asked Conway had a pair of trunks that he used to, to measure off of for seamstresses and he just threw me those and it was like that dark blue pair yeah and i had my knee pads and, and my boots and just okay so who was some of your first feuds with um coach coachman yeah yes yeah. how would you guys do with that we had a big match that i came remember with the pay-per-view was um big long drawn out you know that's when The Rock came back when, when Coach yelled at me and told me to leave Eugene get out of here nobody wants to see you and I go all the way back down tw- almost past the curtain and I'm literally crying Rock's music hits he hadn't been on TV in two years we were in San Diego nobody knew he was there and it was like the people pop but I think they all th- almost thought like it's gonna be a joke Some, said, yeah. and then he came to the curtain and then it's like a big huge one and he get to the ring and I think it was slated for 11 minutes or something. Oh, he do not give a shit. We were on 17 minutes. (laughs) And he he goes back and coaches, what are we going to do? He goes, don't worry, it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's The Rock. He taught me that. When it's good, it's good. When it's a money segment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You got 11 minutes, Rock. Yeah, sure. Sure, I do. (laughs) That's pretty crazy to think that you were that popular that you were associated with The Rock and associated with, with Hogan. Did kids really relate to this character?
2: Um, I've gotten a lot of positive affirmation from family members of someone that might be special mm-hmm. or, uh, have, have disabilities that like when they saw you, they said, you know what? I can do anything. Cause Eugene could do it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot more of those pat on the backs than people saying you shouldn't have done that mm. for the first couple of weeks I was on TV. I wasn't wrestling. I was just went out one time set off the pyro and one time just got in the ring and ran and, and the. Not, not me directly, but I think, you know, the perception of, oh, what, what are they going to do with this character? Mm-hmm. And then, then when I had my first match and I won, okay, now now I see. Now it's the underdog story of, 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 a, of a boy that's going to achieve. Because in the ring, you did
1: kind of, you, you had the, like, I don't know if it's Savant's right word, but you had that kind of intense freak-out strength mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. sort of
2: stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, big yeah. time. And
1: that was the key to yeah, it. Yeah,
2: my, my initial thought was I wanted to do just all kind of crisp wrestling, you know, that, that not a lot of other guys do, but then that kind of morphed into, oh, Eugene was a fan of these guys, so do, his moves, do their moves. He would do whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah.
1: I remember one time where you were the GM of Raw. What was, what was the In Winnipeg. Was... I just
2: watched that segment the other day. I talk about this. you won one of the musical w- chairs. What was the setup for that, though? Bishop was out of town or something? Uh, or? Yeah, he. We, I don't know if they – I don't remember exactly how. They mm-hmm. said he was not there, but, yeah, he was not there. So I got to be GM for a day, and I think I did – I think I had six segments. Cause four of them were in that bouncy house. Yeah, you had a bouncy house as your office. And yeah, we'd walk through it during the day. Let's try. Let's try it again, okay? And we taped the ones that were taped, and we did the ones live. But by the end, I jumped so much, my calves were cramping. <laughs> and then I think I had to go out and referee a match at the end of the night, also. I, I think so. But it was like it was. Um, I, I loved it. I,
1: I was, you know, I'll never forget that week. So I, I'm from Winnipeg, obviously. And I was like, okay. So I think Benoit was the champion at the time. I'm like, we should do something like you know, Jericho versus Benoit for the world title in Winnipeg. Like, what a story and words calls me he's like well i'm um, like i got some ideas I'm like what is it gonna be and it's like um you're gonna play musical chairs And i was mm-hmm. like what the <laughs> f- are you talking about mm-hmm. well eugene's gonna make you guys play music- and i was super pissed because i was expecting some kind of classic angle in my hometown and i'd been back in the first time ever on tv in winnipeg mm-hmm. but i'll tell you what that segment ended up being great yeah because it just have some fun with it and it was actually really cool but when i was first pitched that i was like this sucks. Mm-hmm. I hate Eugene. <laughs> as if you wrote it, right? <laughs> but they would put a lot of spotlight on you. See, now that we're talking, I forgot just how much of a spotlight Eugene had on this yeah. character.
2: It was, it was, it was a refreshing character at the time. And I remember and it was you that told me this after I was on your your in ring show, um, the highlight reel. You uh, said that the next week the ratings had gone up by X points that it hadn't been that high in two wow, years. Wow.
0: And I was like, oh, wow, cool. So people really responded to which is why you had so many TV spots yeah. and stuff. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
2: Tell us about your WrestleMania moment. Um. Oh, that's when uh, WrestleMania 21 in L.A., the Staples Center, Eugene just runs out to the ring and starts... Cutting the promo about how he loves WrestleMania and how he loves midgets and King Kong Bundy wrestled against the midgets. How did he, how did he talk again? I don't even know. If <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not, I, I can't do it as well as I used to do yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to... to get you to do it. I'm just like,
1: I like wrestling or something yeah. like that. But like, I never,
2: I never had that strong, deep voice, baby face. Yeah. And Danny Davis would always make fun of me. He's like, you'd have like this. So I just took it and I just, okay, now my character's just going to talk a little lighter and a little faster. I don't know that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was in the ring cutting the promo and Muhammad Hassan and Davari came down. And then they got upset and they beat up Eugene, the Campbell clutched him, and then the Hulkster hit the ring. Saved the day. <laughs> I remember that. And then you got you posed. So I did pose, but I didn't pose then. They go, I remember Steve Kern comes up to me and goes, what, what do you want to do that? before Hogan gets in after they like, Steve's coming? Just roll to the floor and crawl back. Crawl back? Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, get out of get out of camera and just be gone. Really? No problem. I can do that. Yeah. But then it was Couple months later, it was that uh, in Pittsburgh when Hogan came down and saved me from uh, I think Angle, and then we got to do the pose. So I think people remember the pose, and they remember the WrestleMania, and I let them think that it's kind of maybe Yeah, combine the same. two. Yeah. the right?
1: So with all this this focus and and you know TV time and all this other stuff, how did the how did the character end? How did Eugene's run end? Non-compliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: meaning. Uh, I, I failed a drug test. Oh, gotcha! I um, contract. Yeah, like I, I, I had a prescription a long time ago, and it was a prescription medicine. And uh, when I went to get the prescription, the the, the doctor killed himself, and uh, Walgreens was like, you know, we, we don't keep records past a year. Jeez! So I, I, I had no, I, I had no, no proof that you had the documentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was
1: it. Yep. Really? Yeah. Did you feel that 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 it was coming? Like, were you still pretty hot on the show? Had, had you had you winded down a bit as Eugene?
2: Um, yeah. Well, yeah. But this is before. It's, oh, yeah. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. I did the I did the, the nine week vacation in Atlanta and came back and, and then I was cooled down for a while um, and then they started give me a little bit more and then they sent me to SmackDown. It was on SmackDown and just. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you feel did you feel that that it had that not happened how you could have continued the character or would you have to make some changes to it or no I think so I think continue it. Yeah. I think you know it had been Eugene so long difficult to come out of it but I'm just wondering like what kind of different shades could you have put on it to keep it fresh. I don't know. The only thing I could think was have him on for a little bit, take him off for a little bit and just what I thought would have been a good one uh now that we're
1: talking I remember a good I thought it would have been great when the time comes that you drop it and it's all just the ruse. That, that, to turn heel, you know what I mean? Like it's,
2: Vince uh, didn't want to do that because he didn't want to compromise any gimmick gimmicks wrestlers going forward. Like, are, are they just, is this just a gimmick? Thinking about it now, I would have proposed uh, multiple personalities. Mm. And sometimes you can come out of one personality. You know, Eugene's the sweet guy, but this is what I am. Right, right, right. Kind of what Matt Hardy's doing now with the different ideas and gimmicks. Did, yeah. you, did you talk a lot to Vince? Obviously,
1: he took a real liking to this character.
2: Um, I, I did a little bit. I, I probably didn't go, I probably didn't put my face in front of him enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have liked to maybe got a little bit better relationship, but I was there half nervous, you know, sure. showing up on time, doing what I'm told. But um, remember when he tore both of his quads in yeah. the, the Rumble? So I, I had, had my knee injury and I was in uh, Birmingham, Birmingham doing therapy and he was just had the surgery. So I just walked to his room. You know, and he's there and he's got his legs propped up and he's half not shaven. I can tell he's nervous. I say, I just want to say hi. Make sure you're okay. And if you need anything, I'm I'm in town, so I can I can do it for you. I wish I would have set a chair down and just talked his ear yeah. off. You got nowhere you know, to go. Yeah, he got nowhere to go. You know, I had all these questions in my head. I was I was eight years old and I saw this. It was a true story.
1: It's the old school radio promotion guys that used to wait until the executives went into the bathroom yep. into the shitter, and then they'd play the record on a on a 45. That you got to listen to the record now. You that with Vince, just pulled the Up and just chop his (laughs) ear off, right? I'm sure he hated, hated the fact that you saw him in that condition. Probably. I remember when he tore his quads; they made us clear the hallways when they took him out on the stretcher. Yep. Vince didn't want to have didn't anyone anybody to see him that way, you know. Mm. So when when you came back to coach, I assume that you left the WWE for a while. Did you stay in the business, or, or what were you still doing
2: before you came back to coach in uh, FCW? Yeah, yeah. Um, my first release was in two thousand seven, and immediately started independent wrestling. And I, I don't think I realized how much independent wrestling is out there, right? Because I, I then all of a sudden I was on fire again. I was because remember we saw each other in the airport that one time, and you were going this way and I was going that way, you know. And I was working. At least every Friday and Saturday, if not a Thursday and a Sunday, also. Yeah. Then I started coaching uh, at
1: OBW. Just before you said it's it's funny because you took the name Eugene and just called yourself you with a Eugene. How, yeah. how did you get away with that? I don't
2: know. <laughs> I, I, th- I think they were just being nice because. Yes, you know, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like almost like, why bother, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and another thing that was fun, I don't know if you, I'm sure you might have heard this, but but I don't know if you have, that. Brian Gewirtz took like three or four months off of Raw to write a script. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the whole script was about you. Yep. Tell us about that. What,
2: yeah, like I, I think one of the reasons that Eugene did so well is because Brian Gewirtz could write for me. Yeah, yeah and he liked it. And he took that time off, and he wrote this big script. And he comes to me, and he goes, "We've made it. We're gonna make a movie. We're gonna put you in a movie." I'm like, "Holy cow!" And he's telling me about all this capers that are gonna go on about you know Eugene trying to get into the wrestling business, and at one point we're gonna have you wrestle a bear, a bear? Yeah. What what are you gonna do? He goes, "Well, we'll just put somebody in a suit." I'm like, "No, we gotta get one of them one of them (laughs) them Hollywood bears." And the only bear at the time was the one that was in semi-pro, and he ended up killing his trainer, so maybe it's a good thing. But but the the uh, the movie didn't work out, but then they slipped Big Show in in that role. Really? Knucklehead. That was for you? I believe so. Or at least an offshoot. Yeah, of. like, like everything I've seen is like that stuff
1: that they told me was going to be in the movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know because I know Brian was putting a lot of time into that. Yeah. Because it was going to be a WWE film, yeah. Yeah. That might have been right around the time when you had the, maybe you had to take the vacation or something like that. Is that Probably, you yeah. with it? Gotcha. You know, it's interesting when you're talking about independent wrestling because you had never really done that because you had started in Louisville and just stayed in there. So how was it for you kind of coming off that
2: WWE TV uh,
1: You're pretty hot,
2: right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it was good. I was literally my phone was ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back to coaching at OVW, and then I was wrestling every weekend. So I mean, and then I got rehired in 2009. WWE was in Louisville and just go over there and get my face shown and Johnny pulls me in oh we want you to come in and be a a carpenter was the term he used and I'd never heard it before but it was like a a guy that maybe not on TV but just is wrestling uh, live events and coaching like a player coach sort of thing yeah yeah. yeah, okay that's cool and uh, so that was in I remember that yeah and and then I came back and apparently they'd seen me two months earlier and I, I must have gotten either I got so much into bad shape or the, the mind was turned but they were like uh oh, we're not selling fat old eugene you're fired <laughs> <laughs> jeez that's when they brought me to uh calgary and i wrestled the calgary kid who was miz under the mask wow yeah, the, the, yeah the, i wasn't scheduled to be on the road. all of a sudden out of nowhere hey can you come to calgary yeah we're, we're, contract on a pole match yeah I wow knew, I knew it was coming. it's one of those things right brother it's like uh you always got to be waiting you never know who's gonna well gonna i mean, the call I don't know. I, I never felt Eugene was supposed to be a body guy. At the time, uh, I wasn't in the best shape. I could have been in better shape. But I don't know. Interesting ups and downs with, with WWE for sure, right? Yeah. Let
1: me ask you this. When you when you were coaching there in 2009, who was in the system that's that's doing really well now? Mm-hmm. Is it like Sheamus and those guys?
2: Well, when, when, yeah, when I was a coach, it was 2012, 2013. Gotcha. But Chad Gable was there. He was in my class. Braun Strowman was there. Sasha and Charlotte and all, all the girls were there. Kevin, gotcha. Kevin Steen had just got there, and so how are you coaching these guys when
1: because you know the NXT will bring in these like a guy like Kevin Steen for example who's been main event on the Indies for years and they kind of bring him into a class system. What are you teaching him that he doesn't already know? And not just him, but just for an example,
2: he came like right at the end of my time gotcha. there. But a lot of time I was the the, the first guy like if. If they bring somebody in, let's say they have no talent, or even if they did, they would put them in my class first, and that was their time to get acclimated around. And if I need to show them the bumps and the running the ropes and just kind of, you know, the, the basics of the stuff. And then they would move to, like, uh, Norman was a coach. and mm-hmm.
1: Brookside and those guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And they, like, everybody, each each coach had a, a skill or, a, like, a level, level one, level two, level three. And then they would switch us off, too, so it wasn't always the same stuff that we were I would we were think coaching. they would
1: want to have you –
0: teach guys about character too that was
2: a thing when i was coming in that they talked about but it really wasn't ever
0: fleshed Mm -hmm. out do you want a beautiful lawn enter true green the easiest way to get a great lawn just water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration and more true green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the pga tour and they have a verified best price which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality you do you let true green do your lawn care Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Let's just
1: talk a little bit more about Eugene as a character, because it really, when you were in the ring, because a lot of times, like for example, like Val Venus, he was great character, but then when the match started... He would lose what made him a character, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't, you know, swing your dick around or whatever. But how would you stay Eugene in the match?
2: I don't know. Hmm. You know that uh, the, that the Drew Carey documentary recently where he talked about being Andy Kaufman. Drew Carey? I'm sorry, Jim Carey. Jim, Jim Carey. Yeah, yeah, Jim yeah, 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 yeah. And he said that he just it just came out of him. Right. That's what it was like. Like, like, I feel like today that I cannot do it as well as I did then. Right. Because it was just a time period. It was just a feeling and I just, especially when it was in that live crowd and you could just immerse yourself in in the joy of what was going on. Hmm. Did you ever meet people who thought that you were real? Oh, hold on. Yeah, m- yeah, most of them. Like, like when, the, when they first brought in all those, uh, The diva search girls, like, they had no clue. You know, and then there's Victoria going, oh, that's my coach. Hey, Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) So when you went and did press,
1: would you have to be in character? Oh, always Because that's how you met your wife. Yeah, always She's sitting beside us right now, and you met her. What did you think of him uh, when he came into the studio?
3: (laughs) Yeah, he came in with William Regal, and they were both in character, and I'm just kind of like, okay. It was just really interesting. And then I ended up going to the show that night, the video? Yeah, they did the commercial. We did a commercial. Oh, yeah. So I hosted a TV show and we were doing a promo and they were standing on the side of me. And then later the producer like called me into the editing suite and she's like, "Um, come look at this. And so like right before Nick, Eugene, whatever, like. Leaned back and like did the one up and down behind her, me. Her, her
2: backside, you know, like, Man, see what, yeah, okay, not I'm bad. I'm like,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But then um, when I went to the show, he had his hair all slicked back and ponytail. Before that, now,
2: after we, we did her TV show first, and then we did like five or six radio spots. And every radio I was on, I wasn't talking about the show, I was talking about, I just met Stephanie from, from Fox, and I wanted her to take me to Chuck E. Cheese. And Regal was like, calm down, Eugene, we have to talk about the show. Uh-uh, and I was going on, I, and I just, I went on every radio station and talked about her. <laughs> and then we had asked her to come to the show, and she came.
3: Yeah, and everybody was calling me and saying stuff, and I'm just like, oh my God, I have no clue what's happening. But I went to the show that night. And it was, he did, he put on Axe body spray, had his hair all slicked back, was in dress clothes, and I'm just like, what in the world? Completely different person. So I was, I was fooled at first. I really believed he was the character because he was so good at it, yeah.
2: Anywhere else in the world, it's oh there's Eugene and Mrs. Eugene, but in this city, it's oh there's Stephanie and her husband. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like the uh, the addition of the Axe body spray. <laughs> uh, talk about Regal for a bit. Did you do a lot of stuff with him? Yeah. Well, I rode with him when I first started. You know, as Eugene, we, we rode together. It was uh, he and I and uh, Tajiri. Wow. Yeah. Motley so crew that it is. A, it was a good crew. Tajiri never spoke. Every now and then he'd get on the phone and speak Japanese, but he'd always say like one thing as we're pulling in the parking lot, you know, and it was always something that popped the car. The car. <laughs> and I remember one time Regal had got a, we were at a Cracker Barrel and they got a harmonica and he just wanted to get it just a bug to bug Tajiri. So he, he played it, you know, nonstop, rawest trip. The next morning we get up, Tajiri and I are waiting for him. Tajiri reaches up and grabs that harmonica. <laughs> and then Regal got sent to SmackDown. And then I, that's when I had my knee surgery and I was off for a couple months, six months and then when I came back was when Cena had come to Raw hmm. so then it was Cena and Tajiri and I that rode together
1: didn't it for a while and you might have been involved with this too or ended up it wasn't just Tajiri then the Asai came in there and then freaking Funaki was in there he's traveled with all the Japanese guys
2: yeah that, that, was, that was before I was with him but I think it was like <laughs> six of them would try to get a, a hatchback or something and just cram everybody in Dragon was in there too I think yeah, yeah. all of them what were some of your favorite uh,
1: Eugene moments, like a la, you know, the, the general manager Bouncy House? Was there other things like that that you did?
2: I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. I was I was a general manager in Winnipeg. <laughs> I was in the ring with The Rock. I was on WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan, Ivan Penn, Vince McMahon. Oh, tell us that. It was the DX against Vince and Shane feud, mm. and uh, I don't remember how they, they lured me into the back, and they dumped paint over my head, green paint, and, 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 and then they put, they put my head in the toilet. <laughs> You know, and um, mm-hmm. it was what, what else they do to him there in said it's beat up Eugene. Oh, and then I was in the ring, and I think uh, it was Vince and Shane against Eugene, and they were just going to beat him up and they were going to beat him. And it was, but it was Shawn Michaels who go, Eugene should win, you guys are doing all that stuff to him, mm-hmm. so okay, yeah. So then at the very end, I, I just rolled up Vince one, two, three, and then and then I was out, and then all of a sudden, he was, oh my god, you know, uh, DX <laughs> came out, I think, right before that, they came out and diverted the attention, and then I got the schoolboy win, so and Vince, the worst wrestler ever. He probably even screwed up the schoolboy. It was fantastic.
1: (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about uh, as as we start to wind down here about uh, what's it called? Midwest Midwest All Pro Wrestling. All Pro Wrestling. Yes. So when you get these guys in off the street and and as as a coach you know and and obviously you have to try and train everybody because you need as many bodies as possible. How is it for you training wise? Do you have a set kind of list of uh, you know Exercises and rules and plans that you have over a month. What do you do when someone shows up and says I want to be a wrestler?
2: Yeah, our classes are normally Monday uh, Tuesday and Thursday evenings and when somebody comes in to start, you know I, I want to get their cardio up and I want to get their core strong and I want them to have a good basics and bumping and then there's a General list of moves that I have that I feel like everybody should be able to do and take and we just kind of work on that Like and what I take an elbow off the ropes take That's a hip toss take a body slam, body slam yeah. you know, just the, the basics Um, and then at that time, like I kind of, you know, assess their strengths and weaknesses. And at the same time, what what do you think you want to do? What's your character going to be? And then we'll do like some, some promos in the, in the training center. And I just, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get, trying to accentuate their strengths and limit their weaknesses and limit them being unsafe. Right. You know, keep it simple. Keep a hold on him and just, just, you know, work slow.
1: Mm Mm-hmm are some of your guys like like you obviously you have your stars your main event guys mm-hmm. and what what constitutes like how are you deciding where to put these guys like what what stands out to you to say these guys are in my main event
2: um I mean just the way the crowd reacts to them mm-hmm. you know most of the time the guys that have put in time and they got out there and they got themselves over and then I just try to pair them up you know who he can work with him and with the COVID we kind of uh, weren't running as consistently but for a while there we were doing good Last July, a coach came down and wrestled me in a Sioux Falls street fight. No, yeah, that's great <laughs> for his uh, for his charity the, the the heart the heart chair something like that. I can't remember yeah, it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you bring in guys like that once in a while? Yeah, we brought in. I brought in a ton. Carlito Master yeah, Bischoff came in for me. Really? I was on his other his original podcast, maybe not the one he has now, but uh, and he was like, "Oh, it'd be so great to see you." And I'm like, "Well, you could come in and hit the wrestling." <laughs> and he goes, "Okay, I'll do it for free, and you just give a donation to charity." So. We've given uh, much like you helped us out with feeding South Dakota when Bishop came in.
1: So, are you doing Eugene when when this these guys come in, or is Nick uh, Tim's it's,
2: it's kind of. It also have to be the guy that goes. I take the tickets, right? And 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 I, I kind of we, we. My wife and I open up the show. So in the ring, it's a, a little Eugene, but other times it's you know head of the company.
1: Now, do you uh, have TV here? No, no. Okay, no. is that something you would want to try and get local? Is that even is that even a thing anymore? Local TV. It is. It is, but.
2: I don't know. I assume it would be a strength, but... you like it better just doing it? No, I'd love to have a TV show. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd love to have a territory so that we could have TV in Aberdeen and up to Fargo and, and places like that. Just uh, haven't put it all together yet. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you want, you'd want to do yeah, in the well, future? I'm, I'm recording everything, and then I learned how to edit and do graphics, and I'll edit it up, and I've, I've chopped it up and put it together like a TV show. Um, so many
1: things that I'm sure you never even thought about when you decided to put together a promotion. Non-stop.
2: Right? Non-stop.
1: And, and, and it's just you two guys? you have an assistant? No, nope, just us. Just us. That's it.
2: Yeah, and then we, we, we go out and we find businesses that will sponsor us and find new venues, as well as promote the school, promote the upcoming shows, go out and get in the shows.
1: That really is old school territory wrestling. That's all I know how to do. Yeah, yeah. That's right, huh? <laughs> Talk about the, your four buds, or three buds. What's Rob doing now? What's Damage and what's Danny doing? Doug.
2: Um, Rob is in New Albany, Indiana still, I believe, but... He started doing some, not the bodybuilding, but the, uh I can't remember what it's was, the bodybuilding, but it's a different
1: class. The CrossFit
2: or I mean, something? Yeah, or... But, he, but he's, I think he got his pro card. I'm actually sure, it might be bodybuilding, but it was the, the guys who wear the board shorts, the. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, like the physique, physique, the physique class. Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. Right. Right. And he's doing real well at that. He always had an awesome build. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, a couple of years back, he was NWA champion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He stayed in the biz. Yeah. yeah I, I think he, he I saw the other day he might be accepting bookings, but I don't think he accepts that many bookings. Gotcha. Because he's focusing on his uh, bodybuilding. Uh, Doug's in Indianapolis, uh, working. I'm not sure what he does. I mean, mm-hmm. I text him every now and then. But, yeah, yeah. Um, Danny Basham is in Florida. I think outside, I can't remember. It's in Southern Florida. But he, I think he's a either an athletic director or a principal of a school. Hmm. Uh, married. He's got a couple kids.
1: Yeah, because like I said, you four guys are like the, the four all-stars down there, you know. What was your, uh, when you talk about your favorite matches that you ever had, which ones stand out for you?
2: Mm, Like Doug Basham and I, we, we Cornette wrote an entire hour TV show and we were the entire thing. We did a two out of three falls match that went like 48 or 50 minutes and then that was the entire show. Wow. At at the time, Rip, like like the graduation of of the training was uh, you in the ring, you in the ring, you're a babyface, you're a heel, one-hour Broadway, go. Really? Yeah. And that was it. You, you, you had to know what to do. That's how Rip would train guys. Progress to get to that. Of, know, course, that of course, of course, of course. And uh, Doug and I were the first to do it in practice. Hmm. And then since then, like a lot of guys have done it. Some guys have gone 90 minutes, I think. I mean, Jeez.
1: Just, you know. It surprises me that Rip doesn't have a little bit more presence in the business because as a trainer, I always heard he was excellent.
2: Yeah, he is. He's really good. I mean, he, he, he he's a brain, and I picked... He taught me how to work in front of a live, live crowd and just how to over him and just work the crowd. I don't know if maybe he opened his mouth in, a, in an unpolitical way that, yeah, that, yeah. that
1: gets him. He's, he's always on that Twitter machine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, he used to make lemonade out of lemons and sugar <laughs> yep, and water and yep. like free lemonade, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a business. Uh, last question for you. What was your, your favorite Eugene match?
2: Probably winning the tag titles with Regal. I was, it was in Indianapolis. My mom was there. Oh, wow. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Were you guys kind of an odd couple? What was
1: the relationship between Regal and Eugene?
2: Yeah, just uh, they, Bischoff put Eugene with Regal and, and Regal detested. And then Bischoff progressed to saying, okay, well, you're going to have to make him lose. So, so, so he leaves. And then Regal started to become hesitant. It was like the first time that the Regal character ever showed any like compassion for someone. And then, uh, then he started to defend me. And when I did the angle with Hunter, uh, he got beat up. I mean, blood, bad, and they put him on that the stretcher, the gurney, and then rolled him down, and rolled over, and he took all the heat. And
3: wow,
1: that's right. Yeah. Talk about the. Th- I forgot about the, the angle with Hunter because that was a big
2: deal too. Yeah. When when you just started to get over, all of a sudden I saw a lot of the the more veteran guys. Hey, but we could do this. We can do this. Yes, can do this. Okay. Of course. Okay. And then the one who did was was Hunter. He slipped right in there because we started on highlight reel when uh, became an uh, official or extended where they said extended member of of uh Evolution honorary member of, uh, honorary honorary member of Evolution said, yeah he signed the 8 by 10 and gave me the shirt and Regal's like get away from him and and then they, they strung Eugene along for however long it was going on you know make fun of him and then he'd come in hey buddy right you know why, why don't you do this and you know getting Eugene to cause destruction or do stuff to screw up the baby faces until when was the f- did oh, you no they beat me up in uh I think we were in Massachusetts I got the color, and then all of a sudden it was all in my eyes. I couldn't see. And I had to take RKO and Batista's thing, the, the bomb and the the pedigree, and then I rolled. And I got a kick to the face, and that shoot busted me open on the other side and gave me concussion. Damn. So didn't you work with Hunter like at Summerslam or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then the, the next year I worked with Angle, because when I got back, back from the knee uh, the knee injury. Uh, angle was doing the, the angle challenge, three minute angle challenge, and then Eugene came out and I lasted the three minutes and won his gold medal. And he was really upset. And <laughs> me. He had so many good ideas, like all these comedy ideas about, uh, he was gonna do something like he broke his jaw, so he had a mouthpiece. And he was going to have the airport and have the guy there with Eugene sign the guy there with Kurt Angle sign. And I come out with the gold medal. Oh, you must be you must be the gold medalist. Come with us. And, and there's uh, Kurt Angle with the and He can't talk like that. Oh, you must be Eugene. Come on. <laughs> and Kurt gets the limousine. Put him in the short bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they were building his heat for Cena. So he said, no, no, just kill him. So he just beat the bejesus out of me for seven <laughs> weeks or eight weeks, however long our angle was. How was your match with Hunter at SummerSlam? It was good. Uh, well... I forgot about that The match was good But it was in Toronto well, I remember, yeah And all of a sudden We go there And Eugene was hated Really? Hated, oh, boo And they loved Hunter And it was like The first time Where I, I think I might have I don't know if I broke character But I just I, I didn't know what to do I just kind of put my face in the mat Wow You know I, I, Looking back now I should have just I should have started whining At them and, and really But then that goes against Kind of the dynamic Of the Right, right, right The, right, the right. leader of the match
1: there I remember that Because they always talk about Toronto being bizarre Yeah, or land yeah or whatever. Yeah. But yeah they, they did not like Eugene Yeah what was the finish? under beat you? Yep, Of course, right, yeah.
2: Man, that, the, the, lots of great, uh, great moments, though. I want to tell you one thing, I remember uh, 2003, I was still in OVW, and uh, I got a Christmas card from Chris Jericho family, pose on the beach, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I had it up on my refrigerator, I still got it somewhere, but on my refrigerator for, for so long. Oh, cool. I'm just an you know, or, or a uh, developmental guy, and I, I know we'd met, but it was like, you know, but you sent you know, to me, I like, oh man, that was awesome.
1: Ah, oh, cool, man. Well, I pre- I'm glad we got to see each other here uh, Absolutely. to get back on each other's Christmas card lists. Yes. <laughs> Good luck with
2: Western Midwest All Pro Wrestling right <laughs> here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. MidwestAllPro.com. <laughs>